That's, I tell you what, that was special. Don't you, didn't you like it? Yeah. Yeah. That's good, wasn't it, Jason? Yeah, you know what? That thing you play, it looks like a guitarist got the big metal ring and recorders out of this stuff. Resonator. Resonator. Buddy, those things ain't cheap. Those things, I was well, watching. only have one of them. <laughs> <laughs> those, I was watching, uh, was that American Pickers? Mm. He said they only sell for around $600 or something like that. So, does that sound right? I'm going to sell him one day. We're going to buy him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, higher than that. You're just going like, oh, oh, never mind. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, he wasn't resonating. Linda said he had one stolen. Huh? Linda said he had one stolen. He had one stolen. He had one stolen. Always playing somewhere when he got it? No. No? Broke into, Broke into my truck. You're the apartment I was living in. My goodness gracious. Edie, I heard last night that you were wearing a beautiful, long, flowing gown, sort of like Cinderella. Is that right? Yeah. So I hope you wear it today. Terry, did you, you dress up in anything last night, probably? That just went natural. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, brother. That's scary enough, I tell you what. Well, y'all know, if you haven't voted, please do so Tuesday. Go vote, vote, vote. Uh, we don't know how this thing's going to turn out, and, and uh, uh, I believe it's our Christian responsibility to do everything we can. Uh, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record. I know some people say, I don't come to church to listen to politics. I come to church to teach the Word of God. And the Word of God says to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And I think that's what you need to know the difference. And I'm sure you do. That you've got on one hand those who want to kill unborn babies up to the time that you're going to the hospital and the baby's in the birth canal to kill it. And to me, that's right, that's number one right there. Anybody who who would who could do such a thing, that that's I mean, that's all I need to know right there. But then when you got those who say we are socialists and we're gonna go socialistic and we're gonna defund the police, you got we're gonna have chaos, is what it is. We're going to tear down the border. Let everybody come in. And you got those on the other hand that says we're trying to uh, put the boundaries up so that people can come in that we want them to come in, but to do it legally. We want to make sure the police have everything they need. We want to put away with abortion. To me, it's not a, it's not a political party thing. It's a matter of ideology, a matter of what is right and what is wrong. And uh, so is that biblical? Yes, that's biblical. That's what we're, we're, we are instructed uh, by God's word to expose those things which are, are not right. Uh, this past week, I don't know if he's watching on the news, but um, there's a fellow by the name of Bobby Linsky. He said that he had been in business with Hunter Biden and they were collecting all this money off of China and everything and said 10% uh, of it, we were told to hold back for the big guy, which was Joe Biden. And the ones involved was Hunter, Bobolinsky, and uh, Jim Biden, which was Joe's, which is Joe's brother. And uh, then Bobolinsky asked Joe Biden, said, all these things, that sooner or later, Joe Biden will probably uh, uh, run for some kind of political office, and said, all this, where this money's coming from, <clears throat> which is basically, Selling the ability to meet and to have a powerful sway with the then Vice President of the United States. 
said, aren't you afraid that this is going to hurt his chances? What are you going to do when all this comes out? And Joe Biden, according to Bobulinski, and he's got all this on uh, laptop and what have you, turned to him and he said, plausible deniability. When he said plausible deniability and grinned, I want to share with you what the Bible says. You won't see those words, plausible deniability, but the stories are there. Basically, what that means is you will influence somebody to do something erroneous, bad, wrong, but they can't trace it back to you. That's it in a nutshell. Plausible deniability. I want you to turn your Bibles, if you will, please, to 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, who was Uriah's wife. Well, Bathsheba came to David and said, hey, I'm pregnant. And David had a situation. He, had to, he wanted Uriah out of the picture. So here's what David came up with. Here's your plausible deniability. Verse 14 and 15. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it out by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him that he may be smitten and die. Look at verse 25. And sure enough, he put him up there in the front line knowing he's going to get killed. In verse 25, Then David said unto the messenger, Thus shalt thou say unto Joab, Let not this thing displease thee, for the sword devoureth one as well as another. Make thy battle from a, thy battle more strong against the city and overthrow it, and encourage thou him. May God bless that reading here to our hearts. Let's have a moment's word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to your presence and ask that you give us guidance, understanding, discerning your perfect will and the grace to carry it out. Of course, in Jesus' name we ask and pray these things. And all of God's children say, Amen and Amen. See, if Joab had been asked, did David do that? That's where the stop gap, because Joab would have done anything for David. He said, no, 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 David wouldn't do anything like that. And yet David went behind the lines, and he had this terrible deed done by telling one of his top, or basically his top military man said, Put your eye up there on the front line uh, so that he'd be killed. And then when the messenger come back, Joab sent the messenger said, you go tell David that uh, what he was needing done has got carried out. And he said, well, you go back and tell Joe, don't worry about it, so people get killed all the time. You see, that's plausible deniability. It's having the evil done so that uh, hopefully it won't be able to trace back to you. That's just like uh, with the Joe Biden thing with the hunter and the Jim Biden said, don't ever refer to him by name. Refer to him as the big guy. And Hunter as H. You see, folks, there is nothing new under the sun. This isn't nothing new. Things like this have been going on for a, a long, long time. I never will forget. My dad had uh, four brothers and three sisters. Is that right? Did you count that right? Yeah, okay. He had one brother that uh, <laughs> he, he probably easily had a couple million when he died and uh, but he uh, and, and he couldn't be good enough to if you went to his house but you didn't want to have any business dealing with him 
you would come out on the short end of the stick if you had any business doing He somehow in his mind, you know, he'd give you anything in the world, but don't you go into business with him. Well, he bought some apartments down here in Gray. And uh, he was always borrowing dad's equipment, tractors, and everything like that. And uh, he asked dad, said, I need to borrow your van. It was a Conline van he used, dad used in his business. He said, I need to borrow your van to move a few things out of this apartment complex he bought. Well, when the complex is few, a few rooms in the house or whatever. But anyway, uh, Larry, that's why I was wondering if Larry Knight was here. Larry was working there and Jeff Thomas, and they were up on the roof putting shingles up. Well, my uncle got in dad's van and he backed it up. When he backed it up, he hit a tree. Then the side of it. Well, he pulled it up real quick. Well, Larry and Jeff were up on, or Jeff was up on the roof. And uh, my uncle hollered, hollered at Larry. He said, uh, Larry, would you, would you move that van back some far us there? Larry started walking towards the van and Jeff up on the roof said, don't do it, Larry. He's setting you up. And he would have. He'd have blamed it on Larry. Just as sure that was his plan was to blame it on somebody else. That's plausible deniability. Did you do that? No, I didn't do it. It must have been somebody else that uh, Larry was driving. See, you may not, you can fool some people, but you don't fool God. He knows you're downsetting, you're uprising. He knows your thoughts are far off. At the end of World War II, at the Nuremberg Trials, when they bring all these Nazi officers in there, those who had, who had the, the blood of millions of Jews on their hands and poles, and uh, every time, or most every time, that they were brought up, their response was, we were just following orders. We were just following orders. Is that a valid excuse? No. No, that's plausible deniability. We didn't do it. You know what that reminds me of? You may disagree with me, and again, it's just wrong to be wrong. But... And you, you tell me, if I'm wrong about what I'm saying, seriously, you let me know. But in understanding plausible deniability, when people know, now sometimes we do sins out of ignorance, where that means lack of knowledge. If you know something, if you know a fact, then you have a responsibility. Amen? Okay, just like the things we're talking about. You, you can say what you want to and try to deny, but if you knew it, you are a cohort. You are part of the, the thing. If you have two politicians, that's like, uh, oh, what's her name's running? Uh, she was an Air Force like, big woman. I mean, she'd probably knock your head off. What's her name running for uh, in... Uh, who? I can't hear, but I, I, whatever you said, I'm sure. Okay. Anyway, she was asked. She was asked, said, uh, uh, if a woman who was pregnant was on her way to, was going into labor, and on her way uh, to the hospital decided to have an abortion, which according to the laws, Legally, she could have an abortion. On her way to have that baby, would you disagree with it? Her response was, well, I don't think anybody should tell a woman what she needs to do with her own body. And a good response to that was, he said, what about the child's rights? Now, folks, here's the way I believe this. And you tell me if I'm wrong. Seriously, you can, 
send me a letter anonymously, or uh, you can flip me off as you go out the back door, or whatever. But if you go in to vote, if you go into a voting booth, and you push that button for somebody you know who is trying to promote abortion to kill babies, you are every bit as guilty of killing that baby as the doctor that goes into that and scrapes that baby out of that womb. Only it's like saying you killed somebody. I didn't do it, the gun did it. There's no difference. Well, I wouldn't I was I was all for the other stuff, but I was against that. That's plausible deniability. You are just, you will stand accountable. In my opinion, what I understand from God's word, you are just as guilty as the doctor who sliced and diced and removed that child. You just pulled the trigger and let somebody else take the responsibility. That's just like if, I used to know this, I know a couple of guys who were hitting me, literally. One was extremely evil and they, uh, they caught him in Colorado. He's gone for a long time and uh, I'll never forget the first time I met him but he was a demonized human being I've ever met in my life and uh, he rode with a projector group but uh, not around here but anyway uh, if I would call him up and say uh, look so and so uh, my son's got a father-in-law named Hoppy and he's really been getting on my nerves <laughs> Would you take a thousand dollars to have him removed from my life? And he did. See, he did. If the police caught on to that, guess what? I would be just as guilty as the guy who eliminated Hoppy. No matter how much we would enjoy it, he would. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, Hoppy. I'm just teasing you. Baby. I'm just teasing you. I wouldn't want nothing more to happen to you. Keep that straight. But you see, just because. They may not be able to trace it to you, whatever the situation. On a good side, let me give you an example. David, uh, David and his men, his valiant men, his victorious, his gallant men, they were fighting the Philistines. And they came nearer to Bethlehem, and David looked over to the well in Bethlehem. He said, what I wouldn't give for a drink of water from that well in Bethlehem. His mighty men just kind of looked at each other. They didn't say anything, but they knew what David really wanted. And they went in the middle of the night. They, they were sort of like SEAL Team 6. They went through the lines, went into Bethlehem, and brought him a bucket of water from the well. said, here you go. That's what you wanted. And he said, I can't drink that. He said, I'll offer that up to a sacrifice to God. It's so precious. You see, even though that was a good thing, that's sort of a different side of plausible deniability. If you have people working for you and you look at them and say, uh, I wish we had that merchandise put over here in the warehouse and didn't have it included in the inventory. You didn't ask them to do it. So I just wish. And they did it. And they were to trace it back to you. You say, I didn't tell them to do that. I didn't say anything about that. But you knew about it. And you okayed it. And you had it done. You're just as guilty as a big thief that come down the road. That's plausible deniability. Terrible situation. I want you to look, if you will, in your Bible. Matt, can't watch the time for me there. I've been running my mouth a lot. Over here in Matthew chapter 27, verse 24. Matthew 27, verse 
plausible deniability. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 7 and 8, we see that uh, John the Baptist was telling people the way it is. John the Baptist told Herod, the tetrarch, said, that woman you have is not yours to have. That's your brother's wife. Well, Herodias, the woman, she got ticked. She got ticked. Man, how many of you realize that women never forget anything? One man, who was a man, raised his hand. One man, God bless you, sir. Is his wife sitting inside? Uh, he's a woman sitting inside. I guess it's his wife. Is that your wife? Are you not sure? She was when I came in here. <laughs> And she got mad, buddy, and she, oh, she hated John the Baptist for that. She hated it. And she, she let it smolder, and she waited. She thought, I'll get you. But you see, Herod was scared of John the Baptist. He knew he was a man of God, and he was scared of him. And she wanted him dead. He said, no, I'm not, he said, he's a prophet of God. I'm not touching him. Well, Herodias had a beautiful young daughter who danced for Herod the Tetrarch and a bunch of his Fellas, I don't know if they were down in his man cave or what, but he, she come down there and she danced, and he got all tore up over it. And he said, he told her, he said, look, young lady, whatever you want up to half my kingdom, I'll give it to you. And her mother said, tell him you want John the Baptist's head on a charger. And right in front of everybody, he made that promise to her. And she said, I want John the Baptist's head on a charger. And he liked to die. So he had no recourse but to send his men down there and sever John the Baptist's head and bring it back to her. You see, Herod, of course he was an evil man and so many other things. He could have said when on judgment day, Lord, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. And the mother of that young lady, Herodias, she could say, I didn't take his head. I didn't do it. No, but you had it done. You had it done. And Herod, you done it when you knew you wasn't supposed to do it. Plausible deniability. All of us will be tempted in so many ways. Well, yeah, that, that happened on our company, but it wasn't my idea. I was, it wasn't my idea. I carried it out because I knew if I didn't, I, I might uh, lose my job. So I, I carried that out. It never ceases to amaze me how all of us will try to justify our sins. The pain of realizing what we have done is so horrific that to be able to live with it, we'll try to justify. Well, if he hadn't done this, I wouldn't have done that. If she hadn't treated me like that, I wouldn't have done this. It's her fault. It's his fault. Plausible deniability. Plausible in the sense that somebody here might believe you. But it's God who ultimately sees the heart of man and knows what's in the heart of man. And he tells us in Jeremiah 7, man's heart is desperately wicked. And who can understand it? Desperately wicked. When he's talking about the pushing the button, 
In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus said, As you have done unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. You have done it unto me. I am far from a perfect person. And I live in a lot of guilt. Because, and it seems like the older I get, the more I think back of stupid things I've said and done. I, to the point I just go around all the time, Lord, I'm sorry. It'll come to my mind, Lord, I'm sorry. Um, and my mom always told me, she said, you have a hyper conscious, hypersensitive conscious, always have. I, I, it's just, it's aggravating. Can't, uh, can't escape it. Don't know why it is that way, but I don't see how anybody, and like I said, all the other issues, but how in the world do you justify killing an unborn baby? And not just that, according to the governor of Virginia, if that baby is born and you don't like it, they, and he did this, told it, put it in another room and not meet any of its needs and let it die. And when we were at that anti-abortion march down in Florida, I believe it was the year before last, remember we were talking to that nurse from Jacksonville? She had to quit because the doctor said, uh, take this baby in the next room and uh, don't let anybody go in there, let it die. She had to quit. She said she couldn't live with herself. Couldn't do it. How evil. How evil. I know we had a neighbor who, uh, I can't remember who was running for president at the time. And uh, of course, Matt does those uh, Facebook things. Is that right, Facebook thing? Do you have a booger on there you're proud of? Why don't you Okay. If. Uh, you remember you uh, you were talking you put on Facebook or whatever about uh, how this particular person who was running for president uh, was pro-abortion. Remember, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, our neighbor went back and said that is your biggest issue. No, he got real nasty with me about that and other controversial issues. Yeah, but he couldn't understand why that was such a big yeah. issue. How hard-hearted can you be that that's not a big issue with you? I, I can't understand that. Oh, that's not a big issue. Now, I know a lot of women have made a mistake. I have, let me tell you, over the 43 years I've been a full-time pastor, I have counseled women that have broke my heart. For whatever reason, because the boyfriend or the husband put pressure on her, because she had nobody, did not know what to do, was panicking, or the fact that she thought that I can't even provide for the bare necessity of child. A lot of different reasons uh, who had an abortion. And, and, and I see them as victims because uh, they were told that here's an easy solution that'll take away all your problems. And I have counseled women many years after they had an abortion who said at nighttime they'll wake up and hear a baby crying. I've talked to one woman who said her arms literally ache to hold a baby. You see, they'll tell you, no, it's going to be no problem. It won't be any problem. And, and they live with that. Uh, and they were the ones who were, they were victims too. And so to tell somebody, oh, this, this is no big deal, it's, it's, it's killing. It is a big deal. 
I don't know, maybe I'm hypersensitive. But if there's no other issue, there's no way I could push that button for somebody to do that because I would know when I push that button, I was part of it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Matt says, I've run out of time and he wants to show you all his booger. <laughs> Let's stand if you would, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your holy word. If we would just digest your word and hide it in our heart that we might not sin against you. How filled with peace and contentment we would be. We know, Father God, we can't change the silly, stupid things we have done. Therefore, we ask that you would cover it all under the blood of Jesus. Though our sin be as scarlet, we shall be white as snow. Father, I pray if anyone here today does not know you as the Lord and the Savior of their life, that they pray this prayer of God to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning while Jeannie uh, is playing salutation, please come to the front of the church. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. 
And I pray, Father God, that you would guide us and that your perfect will would be done this Tuesday and all said and done. And we pray for your perfect will. And whatever the outcome, that you would guide us to continue being the soldiers of Christ, ambassadors for Christ, the children of God. God is now in our going out and coming in and bring us back safely at the point of time. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name and all God's children said. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Be careful.